Have you ever wondered what it takes to really leave a legacy? Have you ever worked hour after hour, day after day, only to wonder what's it all for? Have you ever craved more time with your family and friends and wondered when you're going to actually get a break in your business or your career? Our guest today is Mel Abraham, and he's going to talk about all of these topics. He's also going to share the turning point that really helped him transform his mindset around work-life balance and what it really takes to achieve that and whether it actually exists. He's also going to tell you why he doesn't believe in leaving a legacy, but in living one. Today's episode is hosted by my husband, James Williams, and you're in for a treat because Mel is amazing. This is a really dynamic talk and something all of us driven entrepreneurs and successful people really need to hear. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the I Help My Life show. I am your host today, James Williams, Emily's husband, business partner, certified high-performance coach, and... I'm really honored to be interviewing again on this show, and I've got a, such an amazing guest for you this week, um, someone that I met in about 2015 at Experts Academy. Uh, Mel Abraham is with us today, um, such, an, such an amazing guest. I'm so, so, so chuffed that he's agreed to uh, join us today. Mel um, is someone that, like I said, I met through um, Brendan Bouchard's Academy, but Mel was on stage and he um, proved to be such an amazing, intelligent uh, expert on all things business and entrepreneurial frameworks um, and has taught me a hell of a lot over the last few years just from constantly going back and, and seeing him teach on stage. Mel would describe himself as a recovering CPA, uh, an entrepreneur, the author of the number one bestseller, The Entrepreneur's Solution. He is the founder of Thoughtrepreneur Academy, Influencers Intensive, and Business Breakthrough Academy. Mel uses his various programs, blog, and show to share his thought leadership around business practices of impact, distinction, and freedom. He's been called the thought leader to thought leaders and advised some of the top thought leaders of our time in their content creation, positioning, and building their market influence. Mel has bought, um, built, bought and sold numerous multi-million dollar businesses for himself as well as clients. He's globally recognized as a thought leader, business advisor, CPA and financial expert, sharing stages with um, a list of Fortune 500 companies as well as beacons in the personal development industry from Ariana Huffington to Chanel Johnson, Brendan Bouchard and Tony Robbins. So today, Mel's, one of Mel's superpowers is the art of frameworks and how you can become a thought leader, even in the most saturated of marketplaces. But when not speaking, training and mentoring, or just being a little nutty, and I can attest to that, <laughs> you can find Mel working out, training on his martial arts. If not, he'll be creating amazing experiences and memories with his amazing wife, Stephanie, by traveling around the world, exotic places, or just hanging out at the beach where he lives. Mel... Thank you so much for joining us. Dude, man, I should stop right there because uh, <laughs> that introduction is freaking awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Man. 
Oh, mate, you deserve it. I could have, to be honest with you, I think I could have kept going. The list is endless, you know. Um, <laughs> Mel, it's so, it really is such an honour to have you here. Um, I think if I'd been wanting to interview you here, you know, a few years ago, I'd have been, uh, it would have been a very different interview, but I feel like I, I, I've got to know you a bit now. And, and not only are you someone who's extremely skilled and um, of massive service to many industries, but you're a really wonderful guy. You're a really great character and, um, you know, really in alignment with what this show is all about which is service. Um, something that all of our guests that we've interviewed so far on this show, we've found that they've all had their I Heart My Life story. They've all had that turning point in their lives where they were motivated to make a, ch- make a change, really step to that next level. So Mel, what would you say that was for you? My gosh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's probably so many twists and turns. Um, the the one that actually stands out for me well there's two that stand out but let, let's just start early on and that was me I, you know I'm like you said I'm a CPA by education I went the traditional path I was working for one of the large largest consulting firms in the world downtown Los Angeles which really meant that um, I was slave to the job I was working till 10 11 o'clock at night and this was one of those nights where where I was staring out at the skyline of downtown Los Angeles, which at night is actually really, really nice to look at. But if you're doing it night after night, you start to question some things. And what I did is is I was looking out the window, and when I turned around, I saw my, my, my the partner that I was working for, which really was a picture of my future. And here was this guy that was um, severely overweight, completely stressed out, uh, probably that close to a heart attack, high blood pressure, diabetes. I mean, you name it, he had it. And here, here he was working this journey because this is what everyone told him to do, that that here's the accountant's road. And, and you go there, you work for a big firm, you go through the training, you put in your hours, you put in your years, you put in the days, the nights, and you do that. And one day they're going to hand you a key and say your partner, just so you can be stressed out some more. So I turned back around and I started looking and I started thinking and I literally realized in that moment that I'm living someone else's life, that this wasn't the journey that I was meant to do, that I got swept away in the current of society, the current of what I was told, the current of, of what people expected of me. And I didn't take the time to reflect and say, what do I want? What what does life look like for me as I as I reinvent it? And, and now the next part of this is probably not the most responsible thing to do. Um, but I literally I turned around, uh, walked into his office. I sat down and I said, Tom, I need to talk to you. And he said, about what? I said, I'm quitting. <laughs> he says, what do you mean you're quitting? He says, you're on fast track to partnership. What happened? What's going on? And I said, I'm not living my life. I'm not living the life that I was meant to to live. I I, I want to have a bigger impact. I want to do things uh, in a larger way. And he, I mean, he literally shook his head. He says, "Okay, I get it. Um, when are you quitting?" And I said, "Tonight. I won't be in in the morning." Oh. And I literally. Um, and now he said, "Do me a favor. It was it was a Friday night." He says, "Think about it over the weekend, and let's talk on Monday." And over the weekend, I thought about it, and I realized 
it had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with with the career. The career could have been great. The, the money could have been lucrative, but it had everything to do with life. It had everything to do with meaning. It had everything to do with that journey that I was on and saying, if I'm going to do this six days a week, seven days a week, five days a week, eight to 10 hours a day, I got I to gotta, I gotta enjoy it and I got to feel like it means something. And, and so that Monday morning, I walked back in. I said, Tom, things didn't change. Um, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I walked out and never looked back. And you know, a whole another segment of the story is that two weeks later, I found myself in Japan and lived in Japan for a number of months, uh, you know, training in the martial arts and, and this and that. I mean, I cashed in my retirement. I mean, that's where the irresponsibility comes. I cashed in the retirement and said, I'm out of here. Um, now I was young. I didn't have responsibilities at the time. I didn't have a house at the time. I, you know, so I was able to get away with it. It's not what I would recommend anyone do. Uh, um, there's a difference between com- being committed and being reckless. And mm-hmm. at that time, it was probably a little reckless, but I didn't have a lot to lose at the time. And so uh, that was probably one of the biggest turning points. That's what started to set me on my own trajectory to make choices that were my own based upon my values, my desires, what was meaningful to me. You know, it's really interesting because I know that a lot of people have that feeling. They're in a a corporate job or they're working for someone else and they have that kind of intense feeling that something's not right and they wish they could leave. But so many people don't. Whether it's irresponsible or not, the courage that it takes to do what you did, even though you didn't have the responsibilities that you have now, like you said, even at that age, if you were advising someone, you wouldn't advise them to do that, right? What, what do you think it was that gave you the courage to actually, actually make that move, especially when someone gave you the opportunity over the weekend for your ego to get involved and try and change your mind? What was it that, that really, really allowed you to make that decision and be courageous enough to make that decision? I hear, gosh, I, I think part of that is, is the fact that throughout my life, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I was told that I was too small to play football. Um, the American, the real football, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you know, yet by the time I was a senior, I was, you know, I, I, I remember, a, um, I was at a conference once and a friend of mine was speaking and he said to the audience, he says, do you know that I could make Mel crawl up to the stage? And I, and I look at him and I go, okay. Now his name happened to be Tom also. All right, Tom, how are you going to make me crawl up to the stage? And he says, by telling you, you can't. And I go, son of a bitch. He knows me. Mm. Um, and throughout my life, you know, you, you can't take the CPA exam while you're in college. You're never going to be a good pole vaulter. All those things that started to drive me to not take those to heart and say, wait a second. Those are rules uh, that were created by and, and created probably without question. If you look at for me now, I look at it, I go someone like an Elon Musk. The reason Tesla's doing what they're doing is he said, well, let's screw the rules. Let's figure out if I was to reinvent today from ground zero, zero based thinking, as I call it, what would it look like? And, mm. and I think that for me, I, I sat back and started asking myself, am I being true to who I am? Am I being true to myself? And, and is this really something that I can 
continue to go on for the rest of my life because that's what I was staring at the rest of my life. And, uh, and the answer to that was, was a clear no. And, and I wasn't 100% sure what the, the alternative was at the time, and hence going to Japan. Um, but, but still, I knew that the answer was no. And, and I think this happens, like you said, a lot. Uh, Bronnie Ware wrote that book, uh, uh, The Five Regrets of Dying. And here's this hospice nurse. She's sitting with people the last days of their lives, the last weeks of their lives, and she's hearing their regrets. And one of the biggest regrets that she writes about in the book is the regret that they didn't live the life that they were meant to live. And I think about it and I go, gosh, here I am. I've got days or weeks left of my life. And this is the realization that I spent it all living someone else's life, walking the path that maybe society told me that's the way you go because everyone else has done it. Um, and I think that that's the challenge and that's a travesty. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that zero based thinking. It's amazing how many choices we make just because that's the way it's done. You know, I remember yeah. sharing this with someone the other day that when I was a kid, and I think that's the thing we can learn from our kids, right? Is that kids always just ask why? Oh, and how many times do you hear, well, it's just the way it is? Yes. What, but why? But that's just the way it is. And I think you're right. There's so many, there are so many decisions in life that we make just because that's the way it is. And it takes a really, a really tuned in self-aware person to question that. Um, it was Robin Sharma who says that the, the future belongs to the misfits, the, the, the misfits, the oddballs and the visionaries um, and kind of fly that freak flag, right? Because if yep. you're doing something that not everyone else is doing, you're, you're odd, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, hey, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I think there's still some people out there trying to figure out what the hell it is I do. Uh, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, and and I, 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 I really feel like we've been, we've been put here for a purpose. Uh, I'm not... I mean, I'm not an overly religious guy, but I guess you could say that I'm spiritual in, in, in the sense that I have certain beliefs. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we're here not to serve time. We're here for a purpose. And so, you know, let's explore it. But you know, a lot of people think that, oh, well, let me go do some exercise and I'll figure out what my purpose is. No, we, we kind of figure it out along the path. You know, when we're running on the journey and we are aware of the things that um, that come to us, the opportunities, I, I look at I look at my life. If someone said to me 10 years ago, say, hey, Mel, would you have ever thought that you'd be doing what you're doing? You and I talking, me having a, a best selling book. The answer is absolutely not. And the reason that I am one is I had great encouragement, great mentors, and people that, that held me to a different standard. Mm -hmm. But two, was being aware and being open to what's around, uh, around us. It's, it's another principle that we call the corridor principle, that, that if, I, if I put myself in a room and I close the door, there are no doors of opportunity in that closed room. There's one door. It's the exit door. But if we get out in the corridor, if we get out in the hallway, that's where all the doors of opportunity are. When we start to move, you know, it's like some of the people that I folks that I work with, uh, the boards and, and all that, they'll, they'll say, well, we got to get clarity. I said, clarity doesn't come from sitting there and staring at your navel. Clarity comes from taking action because 
we make a decision, we take an action, certainly to get more feedback. We get a little more feedback, that's more information. We can make a better decision and get a little more clarity. Clarity comes from moving, not from sitting still. Yeah, that's, that's such an important lesson. I think for all the people listening, you know, you've heard this message over and over again. And so really let it sink in. It, it, we, so many people wait until they figured it out to start. Um, and Mel's spot on. And I know this from, from, from my experience as well, from leaving my 12-year career, it, it, things only started progressing when I took the, took the leap and started moving forward. And so that's just such an important message. Um, so we're going to be taking a short break soon. But when we get back, Mel, we're going, to, we're going to talk and dive into that guy comes back from Japan, martial arted up, all hardcore Bruce Lee, right? <laughs> now he's got to make some decisions and he's going to start, uh, start doing something, building his life. So when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about what you did next so until then, we're going to take a short break. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iHeartCoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world. Welcome back, everybody. This is the I Heart My Life show with, my, with me, your host, James Williams, and my amazing guest, Mel Abraham. Before the break, uh, we were talking about Mel, Mel's early days where he left his job. He realized that you know, this wasn't really serving his purpose, his passions. It really wasn't serving the guy that he was meant to be. So he left, he went to Japan, and he studied martial arts, and he kind of got away from it all. But then he came back. Mel, what did you do when you, when you got back from Japan? <laughs> um. So I came back and I realized, all right, I cashed out the retirement. I got to get some things going. And uh, so I actually went to another firm, another consulting, accounting firm, financial advisory firm, and started in that game again and started building my practice again. Now, in the, during that time, you know, I started speaking. And that's when I started to get into this expert space, which, uh, which was what allowed me to learn a little bit more about about thought leadership and that type of thing. But here's the challenge is that I was partners with a couple of dudes, a couple of guys that, that were very traditional accounting, tunnel vision. This is what we do. You do taxes and you do financial and you do this. What are you doing, Mel? You're going off doing this stuff. And, uh, and it, this now we're talking about in the, in the mid nineties, uh, is when they, they turned around and said, listen, we, we want, we want to kind of do this traditional thing and you're off in a different direction. And they literally shoved me out of the firm. So, so I got, I got pushed out of the firm at, at a time where 
I had just purchased a house, so I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I mean, purchased in Southern California, it's not cheap. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I had no clients, I had no cash flow, and I had no work backlog. And I had to say, all right, so what do I do? But here's the, the, the real deal is that that happened to be the exact same year that I became a single full-time dad. My son, who was at that time five and a half years uh, old, came to live with me. And so I was left with this choice of can my ability to take care of the greatest gift that was given to me, fatherhood and, and, and my boy, uh, can that coexist with my dream of being an entrepreneur, of, of serving people and, and helping people out? And, uh, and I did what most entrepreneurs would do. You dig your heels in, you put your head down and you run and you work and you and you put put the work out and you keep going. And and that's what I was doing. And all of a sudden I started getting clients and I started getting cash flow and I started to get work and I was doing it. And I said, things are growing. Things are good. I'm paying the bills. We're do, able to do things. And and uh, and then one day, Jeremy kind of uh, put the brakes on. He came running in from school, extremely excited, just like a kid on his birthday. And he goes, Daddy, 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 I, I drew a picture of you at school today. And and so I knelt down, got to his level, and, and I pick up this picture that he drew in a blue felt, uh, felt tip pen. It was a picture of me, uh, stick figure. And uh, there I was standing in front of two computer screens and a phone in each ear and the one on the desk ringing. And like in that moment, I, I said, I'm, I'm totally screwing this thing up. I, it wasn't a picture of us playing ball. It wasn't a picture of us having fun. It wasn't a picture of us at Disneyland or anything else. It was a picture of me working. And uh, once again, I had a choice to make. I had that decision and I had the opportunity to look at it because I know that the tendency is to, to then go, but wait a second, kid, this is for us. And, and you can make an excuse and say, I got to have the profits for us. But but at that time, Jeremy's six years old. He didn't need profits. He needed presence. He needed his, his dad to be there. And so that's when you you start to look at it and say, OK, um, this was where the light went on for me. Uh, this whole concept that we got sold of work life balance. You know, you got to get balance in your life. You got to get work life balance. no. You don't have to get work-life balance. It's a myth. It doesn't exist. What you need to do is get work-life harmony. You need to realize that every choice we make along the road is a choice that's a life choice. And getting business right, frick, that's easy. You know, manage the upside, manage the downside. That's all you got to do. It's about the right business model, the right mechanics. And as a CPA, I had that dialed in. That's all below the line. It's what we do. It's how we do it. The problem is that we make the wrong decisions below the line if we don't get the above the line right. And that is about your legacy. That's about your lifestyle. It's about meaning. It's about values. It's why we do what we do. And if we don't get that clear first, we don't make the right decisions. And that's what happened to me. And in that time, I had to restructure. I had to rethink. I had to look at it and say, how do I give to him? what he needs and still do what I want to do. And it is possible. I'm a living proof. I mean, he's 27 today. He's had his own business since 16. He's almost married almost two years now. And, and, and we are the best of friends. That picture's totally changed. Uh, and, and it's, it's how we approach it. 
and how we look at our values and how we look at our priorities. And then we look at, at what we do with our, with our kids, with our lives and realize that every choice, our choice to be here today is a life choice. I'm taking time away from, from whatever else you could be doing. You're taking time. It's a life choice. It's not a business choice. Mm. And, and taking full responsibility of that is, is so key. Um, you know, I find really fascinating about this, Mel, is that I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs who are scared to even make the journey, take that leap to be a successful entrepreneur for themselves um, because they don't want that to happen, because they don't want to sacrifice the relationship with their kids. But it's the same, it's almost the same challenge because then, yeah. becomes, then the resentment comes in. It's like, I don't get to live my dream because I have to be a mother or a father. Um, and so it's really, what, what would you say, what would you say to people on that side of the fence? What would you say to the entrepreneurs that, that do know what they want to create, that do know how they want to serve, but think that being a parent is stopping them? So, um, I mean, it's, it's really easy for me to say, don't think that, but let me, let me give an example. There, there's a, there's a friend of mine that I know who literally uh, was working at a job at a cable company. He was making six figures. He was in the management. So he was doing all right, but he wasn't happy. He was looking for something more. And he did a bit of a side hustle and he started developing some other things. And it, he scheduled his time. He spent time with his family. He spent, so he had it blocked out. Do you know that part-time, the other thing that he did, his side hustle, started doing half a million dollars a year before he walked away from the job. And the way he built it and what he said, and I think that this is really cool, he said, I knew that I needed to build something that was separate from me so it wouldn't take my lifestyle away. The point being is that I, I think that we get caught in this industrial age thinking of, well, it's, it's gotta be hard for it to, you know, to, to work. Now, I'm not saying business is easy. We're going to have ebbs and flows and ups and downs. You've had them. I had them. We'll continue to have them. It's part of the journey. It's part of the lessons. But it's how we respond to them, how we orchestrate them, how we navigate them. With Jeremy, one of the things that we did is, is there was a calendar. He knew when dad was going to be here, there. And in the process, I was really clear that you are at the top. And if I need to cancel something, if I need to walk away from a client, by God, I will do it. And and that gave him certainty because I think that's what kids need. They need, they need consistency and certainty. And he understood that. Uh, so I think that if we're looking at it and we're allowing them, I'm going to be really blunt here and some people may not like it. If you're going to allow your children or your life or your wife or your husband to be the excuse to shrink down and not live the life that you want to live, then you need to look, take a look in the mirror because it's choices, it's priorities, and it's, it's conversations. My wife, you know, you know her, um, everything I do in business and she's got her own thing that she does that she's absolutely phenomenal at. But as long as we're in the same house, in the same bed, we are in business together. And we're constantly having open conversations about that. So, so if we're thinking about, I want to go out, I want to do these things, and you've got a family and you have children, you know what? 
have a freaking conversation, have the dialogue and and say not if, but how. I, I mean, just using terminology, I remember doing a negotiation with uh, some attorneys and I wrote about this in the book where they were trying to negotiate a settlement and they say, why can't we have this? Well, when I start a question with why, it presupposes a defense. It presupposes that it can't happen. But wait a second. Let's just change the language around it and just say how. When we talk about how, we presuppose there's a solution. So, so asking my wife or asking your significant other or asking how can we make this work for both of us allows us to look at it through a different lens, the lens of, of completion, a lens of success versus a lens of, of obstacles. Yeah, get, get curious, right? Yeah, our 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 good mutual friend Wayne always talks about yeah. curiosity, right? It's um such an important it's such an important especially in a relationship. And you know this that Emmy and I have you know been working together for a while, and we've worked a lot on our relationship as husband and wife that work together. And I think the biggest lesson is to is to replace judgment with curiosity, so that you come to, like you say come to a place where you can find new solutions, especially with as you spoke about at the beginning of this call. Right. That zero base mentality that, OK, yeah. it may not have been done before. So let's figure out how we can make this happen. Um, and another really interesting point is that everything you're talking about, whether it's creating, creating a, a lifestyle that is just very, very different to what someone else has, but it's in alignment with your dreams, takes courage. Goes yeah, back to what we first spoke about at the beginning of the call. It takes a huge amount of courage to do that. Um, what do you think it is that that makes that step that make makes that step of courage such a hard one for people when they're faced with challenges um, in life that are that do that do require something different to move forward? I think part of it is the unknown. I I'd rather deal with the devil I know than than the one that I don't. Um, I think part of it is is thinking that. Everything, listen, I mean, you've heard the story of me doing my first webinar and all of a sudden the camera went on and I didn't have a shirt on. I mean, <laughs> nothing we do for the most part is terminal. I mean, I survived it. I sold stuff on the same webinar and it's like. I, I think, think we, we, no, you're not going to get away with that. You need to tell the story. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so here I was doing a webinar. It was one of the first time I was doing the webinar for, with as the talent and the tech. And I wasn't familiar with the technology as well as I should have been. And it's for an organization that uh, that gave me the Lifetime Achievement Award. So they knew me very, very well. Um, very conservative organization, financial planners, accountants, attorneys, that kind of thing. I It's nine o'clock in the morning. I roll out of bed. I'm going, all right, let's do this webinar. And I'm in my pajama, my uh, my Superman pajama bottoms, no shirt. And I figured it's a webinar. I'm OK. <laughs> and um so I start this webinar, 250 people on the webinar. And next thing I know, I see the chat. And in the chat roll, I see someone says, Mel's naked. He's not wearing a shirt. And I'm like going, oh, crap. And I got headphones on at the time. I can't get far enough from the webcam. And I'm going, oh, man, until I finally found a Post-it note and slapped it on the webcam and said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How am I going to live through this? You know, um, But we do. And I, and I think something I've learned goes back to the word that – you just mentioned that I learned recent, recently, relatively recently, is, is that we look at things and we say, but what if I fail? And I go, you don't fail. 
until we quit. If we approach everything we do saying, huh, I'm curious what this could look like. I'm curious if this would work. I, you know, we, I work with people in this space trying to build thought leadership and, and be an influencer and build their businesses. And often they come to me and they go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm doing a launch. And, 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 and if it doesn't work, what, what do I do? I said, we do it again. And they go, what? I go, yeah, we do it again. See, the launch, the business, everything we do is a hypothesis. It's an idea. And what we're doing is we're putting it out in the world to see what works, what doesn't, tweak it, and do it again. It's all part of the exercise. And I think if we approach it with that, the problem is I think we put too much weight on black and white success or failure versus turning around and saying, what's the gray zones? What are the things that were wins? What were the things that were lessons? What would I do differently? And what, can, what have I learned? Now we can go at it again more informed. But most of the time we don't want to do that. We, because we put everything on, did it Did it hit it out of the park or did it not? Well, wait a second. Last time I checked, baseball has singles, bunts, doubles, triples, and home runs, grand slams. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to score points. And you know what? If I hit a single or I actually hit the ball, at least the ball got hit. Now let's see how we can get on base. And I think that when we approach it with that mentality, and, and I'll – being totally transparent, I don't think that I picked that mentality up until about two or three years ago because I was running the launch game. I was doing these things, and it's like, oh, my God, everything is my identity, and if I fail, what's going to happen? And I go, you know what? People, people aren't watching that closely, and, and, and I think that we ought to lighten up on ourselves and give it a shot. Yeah, that's such an important message. Um, everything you just said, life, life is not black and white. And um, if we can get really comfortable with failing, then we have an opportunity to learn from that and move forward and fail forward, right? And it's, yeah. it's amazing that it's amazing how you can not move forward and even give yourself the opportunity to fail just out of fear of failing, as if there's just, like you said, uh, one option or the other. Um, yeah. Something that I, I share with my clients all the time is that, do you really think that the people that you admire, the people that are successful, haven't failed? They failed more than you, a ton times more. Absolutely. They just get up and dust themselves off a lot quicker. And that, yeah, they, you know, if we can get really comfortable with failing and almost celebrate it, fail as many times as you can, because every time you fail, you'll learn something and take a slightly different yeah. direction. Um, and then it's not so scary, right? And then as you talked about in all the decisions to have a life better than your dreams with your kids, with your business, with everything moving forward, just having the courage to say, I give myself permission to get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that that, that would take the pressure off. And in fact, you probably would show up a whole lot more playful, a lot, a whole lot more joyous, a whole lot more open to what's coming your way if you didn't approach it with this is like life and death because it's not it really isn't amazing so we're going to take a short break there mel and when we come back we're going to dig into a little bit about what's going on now um if as if there hasn't been enough events already let's dig into what's going on now <laughs> and uh, how everyone can uh, learn more about you so we'll be back just after this short break think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized the best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. 
We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Welcome back, everybody, to the I Heart My Life show. I'm your host, James Williams, and I'm here with my amazing guest, Mel Abraham, who has already shared a wealth of knowledge with us about his amazing journey so far. Uh, Mel, we're going we're gonna to dive into what's going on now because we've learned so much already about how you've managed to really move through life with a huge amount of courage, really not taking um, what is the norm as your standard and moving in a direction you know is right for you and your purpose. You, you've got this amazing quote on your website that says, it's about living a legacy, not just leaving a legacy. What does that mean to you? Oh gosh, I, you know, so <laughs> for me, I, I can't, I, how often we hear this whole concept, well, I wanna leave a legacy, I wanna leave a legacy, I wanna leave a legacy, and I, and I, and I thought about it and I go, I don't wanna freaking die to have an impact. I mean, to me, the idea of legacy is not what people look back on your life and say, that's the legacy, but what are we doing right now? To me, legacy is created each and every moment. It goes back to that whole work-life balance paradigm you know, versus work-life harmony and, 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 and that kind of thing is that if they're all life decisions, wouldn't I make those decisions a little differently? If they're all, if, if, I, if I approach each and every moment to realize that, it's indelibly etched in the people's lives that I've impacted, that I've created legacy in that moment. Would I approach the moment differently? And I, and I think that, I remember when my wife and I first got together and she thought, legacy, legacy, what's this thing about legacy? You want, you want the Rocky statue on the stairs and everything? And I go, no, actually not. I said, you're developing teams of, of people. She's running a team of 30 plus people. And I said, I said, the moment you have with them, when you share, and they grow, that's legacy. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And so, so rather than sit back and say, I'm working all of this, so when I'm through, there'll be something there for everyone. Why not serve on the journey? Mm. And that's, that's what that means to me. It seems to me like you've been on that path the whole time. The, even that young guy who quit his job because he saw, the, saw his future in the boss that was just stressed and overweight and, and that close to a heart attack. Um, you, you, you saw that back then that you weren't, you weren't living legacy. You were, you were like throwing away your life for something that was in the future. Um, and it speaks to the courage, the huge amount of courage that every decision that you've made has required to move you forward with that in not knowing what was actually going to happen in the future. Um, you actually shared a really wonderful post on Instagram the other day. Um, the 10 tenets of courage, which is really poignant to what we're talking about today. The 10 tenets yeah. of courage you learned from your dad. Do you want to share those with us? 
Yeah, absolutely. My dad was a very, very quiet man. Um, he wasn't bolsterous in, in any sense, and he wasn't overt in any sense. And these are things that I, when I, I reflect on my dad in 2006, uh, we lost him in 2010, but in 2006, when he, we were coming back from a family cruise and he had um, congestive heart failure. And, uh, and I was watching him struggle to move. And I, and, I, and I looked at him, I go, here's a guy who doesn't complain, he's quiet, he shows up for people, he helps people. And I started to type, back then it was in a Blackberry, okay? And I started to type the lessons that he, he, he had no idea he gave me. And, and the first one is about dignity, is to be able to walk through life and live your life and lift your head and walk tall as life changes around you, as your life changes, as you become maybe weaker or struggling, that he still kept his head up high and said, I'm going to keep going. Um, the second is about defiance, that that um, he's going to stand for something in spite of persecution. My dad, my dad grew up um, in a country that he was he was being hunted and he was helping other people escape and and had to change his name and and did things at 17 years old that us 17 years old today, they just want to know how many likes they got on their freaking Instagram posts. And I looked at dad and I said that four days before he passed away, I said, why would you do that? You knew they would hang you if they found you. And he just as sure as sure could be as weak as he was sat there and said, because it was the right thing to do. And so defiance, congruence, um, to be congruent with your beliefs and your values, to to step up and say, I'm going to be something and stand for something. Uh, hope was to give hope to people. My dad was the kind of person that uh, mom and dad, they would take in strays. There was people, you know, kids during desegregation, they were getting bused to the high school and they'd be done with football and it would be six o'clock at night and they'd have a long bus home. And my parents said, no, 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 stay with us during the week. They didn't ask for anything. They didn't do that. And so, so there was hope, there was service and giving, always trying to figure out how do I make someone happier? How, is, how do I make someone laugh? How do I improve their condition? And then number six was gratitude, is being grateful for what you have, uh, what you've been given in life, the good and the bad, to cherish the lessons that have come from the hardships, uh, which dad had plenty. And, uh, and yet he still walked through it with a grateful heart. Um, number seven is is butterflies, the butterfly effect, to, to realize that that we don't know who we're impacting. We don't know what that impact is yet. My dad, like I said, was a quiet person. He, he I didn't get a chance to share this with him before he passed away. And that's a big regret of mine because I would have loved for him to know the impact that he's had on me to be able to, to do that. And I think that we show up in life, whether we have big marquees or bestsellers, or we just show up in our community, people are watching and we are creating legacy in those moments. Um, number eight is about forgiving, forgiving those emotionally, spiritually, physically that have wronged us to be okay and say, let's get on with it. You know, that happened, let's get on with it. Uh, number nine is about love, is to love openly and honestly and without prejudices. Um, even after being persecuted, having to run away and do all that, dad was, had an open heart. It didn't matter who you were. And, uh, and then the last is, is humanity, that to realize that we are one and we're connected, that we're, 
we're a, a humanity that uh, maybe have different beliefs, maybe have different desires and aspirations, but we're still one. Hmm. And when we understand it and we come through it with all of that and the other nine, what I call tenets of that courageous life, man, things would be totally different. And these were lessons that he didn't sit down and say, here's the things, but they just got embedded in me hmm. as I reflected on my life and how I showed up. And they all came from dad. It's, honestly, that is absolutely amazing. It's it's really poignant that you posted that before this interview because it it really sums up how you lived your life. Like every single one of them, one of those things you've displayed in the stories that you've told on this call so far, it really sums it up. Um, and it's really inspiring to me. You know, I was even thinking yesterday. You know, how many lessons my dad and and my mum have taught me, and and the different lessons they've taught me, and you know, started writing things down and. Um, you know, so that I can share it with them, right? Um, it's so, so important. It's such an amazing post. And he, you know, I'm sure he'd be hugely proud. And the fact that you're sharing that with the rest of us, um, that's the butterfly effect right there, right? He's made huge yeah. impact through you, which is what any father, as you know, could hope to have. It's just impact through the people they bring into this world, you know? So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. Um, thank so you. So in terms of all of this, like creating this life, that you have now, um, you know, would you say that you have a, if, if you think about that kid that went to Japan, not knowing what his future held, if you were to show up on his doorstep now with the life that you, you've created, would you say that it's a life better than your dreams? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure what I wanted back then for sure. As I, as I sit here, but it is, I, I, I am, I, I'm inordinately blessed. Um, not, with what I have, although I, I mean I feel great about what we what I have, but I'm incredibly blessed with the relationships that I have, the experiences that I've created. When I met my wife, we'll be seven years married this year. Uh, one of the things that we talked about was was we want to create experiences with each other, um, memories, and not stuff. You know, trust me, she gets her stuff. You know what it's like, um, <laughs> but but. At the same time, um, yeah, I feel I feel humbly blessed to have the people to share my life with people and to know that I'm doing things that matter, doing things that matter to me, that matter to other people. And to see a light go on, to have someone say, you know what, that made a difference. This post for you to say that made a difference and to hear that you're writing things down and you're going to share them. I know what it's like to not have haven't been able to share that with dad. And it'll make a huge difference uh, for you to get a chance to share it. And so, I mean, I think the blessings are not because we can spend our time in accomplishing, achieving and acquiring. But I, again, it goes back to that whole what's the meaning? What's the values? And uh, I've got plenty of people that are far, far wealthier than me but they are far, far more miserable than I have ever been and, and it will ever be. And, and I think that approaching it with that appreciation uh, is important. And I, I do, I feel like, like this is a, a life that is beyond what I, I thought. And I know, I feel like I've just started. I, I feel like there's, there's a ton more ahead of me. Um, and if I've learned anything, it's that anything's possible. Uh, we just got to figure out how to approach it and how much we want to put into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And so I look at the future and I think it's bright. Uh, you know, it'll have its struggles. It'll have its moments. It'll have its frustrations. But those are the uh, stepping stones to to the future anyways. And so let's embrace it. Let's cherish it. Let's experience it. Let's have fun with it and let's share it with each other. I think that's the real key. It's such a nice feeling to not only know that you've got you've got this thing called a future where it hasn't been written. It's up to you. You can do anything you like. And that there are so many chapters that we can create. Um, you were just sharing a story with me earlier about uh, a guy that showed up at your dojo to yeah. create a new chapter for himself. Tell that, tell that story, because I think that's uh, really inspiring. So I, I, had, a, I had a dojo um, for over a decade. Uh, and in comes this, this man who's, you know, who's, I found out he was 84 years old. And I, here I think he's gonna, he wants to sign up his grandchildren for lessons at the school. And he sits down and he said, um, I, I've been to a couple of other schools. And, um, and I just want to know. And I said, I said, this is for your, your, your grand, I want to get information. I said, it's for your grandchildren, your children. He says, no, it's for me. I go for, for you. And, and at first it took me back because, you know, here he is 84 years old. He says, listen, I lost my wife six, six, six months ago. And I figured that I could wait around till I go meet her again, or I could do something that I wanted to do all my life. And I never had a chance to. But the first two schools that I went to said, yeah, you're probably too old to do it. So I don't know. Will you take me on? I go, hell yeah. I said, you're an inspiration to us all. I said, we'll figure out what you can and can't do. But yeah, let's let's get you to do what you want to do that you've been waiting for all your life. It's never too late. And I mean, he was just such a joy, an energy, a spirit that we all just looked in awe at. Here he is at 84 years old saying, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. Not, I, you know, I'm not even going to start because I don't know how that's going to be possible. He got curious, right? He got curious yeah. about, I'm interested in something. I don't know how it's going to work, but let's get curious and find out, right? And that's kind yeah. of a good theme for this whole call. Um, so if you're going to share something with our listeners, some advice, how, to, how, how they can create a life better than their dreams, what would you say? Well, one of the things that I've, I've often said is that Instead of searching for wealth in your life, search for richness. Um, richness is from experience, uh, experiences, it's from relationships, it's from meaning, it's from doing things that matter. Uh, wealth, that's just, just a scorecard. It's just money. It comes and goes. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I had a Ponzi scheme wipe out one third of my net worth in 2005, rebuilt it to well, 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 way past it. But it was the richness that came along with it that became so important. And I think that if we look at things and we're really clear, get clarity on what is important to us, and we make those choices based on that with integrity, with ethics, and we come from a place of serving, that richness is on the other side of it. Um, and it doesn't matter how many commas are in the bank account. It really doesn't. And I know that it's easy for someone to say, uh, you know, and there may be people out there struggling to pay bills. But... But even when those bills paid, if you're not finding the richness, then you'll still find unhappiness. Yeah, I think it's a really important message. Um, Mel, where can people find you? Because I know that you've, you know, even just going on your website, you have so much to offer. Um, <laughs> Melabraham.com. You have so much to offer. You have free trainings. You have, you know, you've got all these courses. Tell, tell, the, tell the listeners 
what you're, what you're up to right now, where they can find you, and um, what the first step is for them if they really want to um, move forward on their business. I, I think a co- there's a couple things to just think about. One is that I think we live in a time of unprecedented opportunity. Uh, that for those of you, unlike when I first started out, that are looking to try and get that side hustle, to try and get something, you know what? If you've got one of these things, you know, a, a, a smartphone, um, if if you've got, got that, you've got a publishing platform, you've got a radio station, you have a TV station, you have everything you need. We just got to figure out what it is you have and get it out there in a way that serves the people in a different way that gives you distinction, that gives you reach and all that. And so, so I think that that the way to do that, one of the easiest ways that I can support is to give you access to a, a free training that I have uh, that talks about the, the what I call the influencer's genius model, the influencer's model. What are the six accelerators that people like yourself, myself, the people that we've worked with, Brennan Bouchard, Shaleen Johnson, uh, James Wedmore, what sets them apart and allows them to, one, have an impact, create a journey of meaning, and three, have an income that allows them to live a life. And that's the expert space. That's the influencer space. And so that training, it's, it is 90 minutes of me going on and, draw, and teaching frameworks and teaching how to do it and, and, and the keys that uh, they can get at melabraham.com forward slash training um, and then get access to that uh, free. And, then, and I think that's, that's probably the best place to start. Uh, they can also join me in why I have a private Facebook group called the influencers dojo, where I do a lot of stuff in there to help people that are trying to get their stuff out in the world, their message out in the world. And I think those are probably the two, two best places to start. And, and I, I can vouch for Mel, like his work is, is incredible, um, and delivered with, you know, real, real purpose. And, and it's not, it doesn't come across complicated. And I think that's the most important thing. It's like, it's doable, right? As yeah. long as you have that purpose. And I think really, you know, that's kind of been the, such an important message from this call is that, you know, the real way to become an influencer, an expert, a thought leader, it, it starts with yourself and it starts with, yeah. you know, living and being on purpose and finding the courage to make the difficult choices in alignment with what's important to you in your family, in your career. And, and I think it's so important that you've, you've always made sure to follow your own dreams as well, because it's, you know, as, a, as I'm not a parent myself, but I, I coach a lot of mums who default a lot to putting everyone else first. And when you know that you can, you know, if, you, if you're giving from, from a half full cup, then you're not serving anybody. Um, so it's really inspiring to see how you've taken your dad's lessons. You've, you've become the best version of yourself and the, the world, your family, your son, um, Stephanie, is really experiencing that. Um, and it's just a really amazing thing to see. Mel, it's been such a pleasure. I could sit here and talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> I really could. Um, the listeners are, you know, they're going to get such a such a punch of value from all of this. Um, and I hope uh, I hope all of you listening go go to Mel's website, melabraham.com, check him out, um, and really take on board the messages of this call. So, Mel, thank you so much for this Dude, call. Thank you, thank you, and uh, and say hi to your beautiful bride. I will. Thank you very much. This has been our Help My Life show and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.